Evening, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Master Discussion. I am your host, Zach. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Sheldon here, and today we're going to be discussing religion in tabletop RPGs. It's, uh, it's a very big thing in our very own world, and I'm sure that we all have many different feelings towards it, and I'm sure we implement it in our games um, very differently from d DM to DM. So I'm very excited to see how you run religion in your game, Sheldon. What is religion to you in the game of TTRPGs? Well, the the kind of irony uh, for me is, uh, even though I'm not super religious myself, I enjoy playing, like, a lot of my favorite characters are, like, paladins. Mm -hmm. uh, I played a cleric for a long period of time. And uh, because they, religion in its... Like in uh, RPGs, having a religious character usually has a set of like values and things already kind of set up for you. So it's easy to characterize uh, somebody around that. So like, let's say I had a, uh, a cleric of Bahamut for one of my uh, campaigns. Mm -hmm. And so he was very concerned with justice and being and doing the right thing. And uh, one of our character, other characters, like kind of stabbed everybody in the back. Uh, and we was, I was thinking, I'm like, I really want to just throw this guy off a bridge and, and just get rid of him because <laughs> that's unacceptable. But I was like, we're going to have a trial and uh, I'm going to be the prosecutor. And that's what we did. And it came to a really interesting game. But it's just that those values, uh, they're really handy and they're very e uh, easy to use tools for new players if you want to get into a character and you don't have like a, a good idea of what you want you can be like oh well i'll be uh, a cleric of or paladin of like torm or something and you can be mm -hmm. a god of justice and and fight monsters and still save the day and have like these rigid kind of beliefs mm -hmm. um and so uh as a dm uh i find i like i think that there's sometimes a uh, everybody has a different opinion on how involved they want like their religions or their mm -hmm. gods to be in their game. Um, I think a few of my buddies that are also DMs usually go with like a more low end, like you get a whisper of something and that's what you get. You have to go on that and hope for yeah. the best. But <laughs> I, I prefer to go to the opposite where I like the gods to have a very, especially like when you're playing in something like the Forgotten Realms or um, a lot of the the D and D settings are very um, high magic and mm -hmm. the gods are real. They're tangible. Yes. Like they have walked the earth. So it's like <laughs> not believing in them is, is kind of like, it was always like funny to me when like Star Wars and people were like, I don't believe in this force thing. I mean, you guys move things with your mind. You move really fast. You can read thoughts, but I, I just can't really see it. <laughs> I, I often have that with players where they're like, I want to play a non-religious character. I don't believe in any of the gods. And I always have to talk to them. I'm like, this isn't like our world. This is you, you know, for a fact that a good percentage of these are real. I'm sure some are made up, but like a good percentage there's enough backing to prove its legitimacy yeah and i think there's there's also like with gods being real there's these interesting concepts that you can do uh 
with like, for example, uh, in one of the Neverwinter Nights games, one of the expansions, mm-hmm. I think it was called Mask of the Betrayer, is all about the idea of the in the Forgotten Realms, there is the Wall of the Faithless. So when you die and you don't believe in a god, you get sent to the wall and basically you just get <laughs> eaten away until you, you're gone forever. Yeah, I know you become another screaming face upon the wall. Basically, yeah. Um, and the the whole concept of like the main one of the main themes is just how each of your characters what their their beliefs about those a lot of them are faithless so what their beliefs on the wall like whether they don't even like consider the gods or like how they think it's unjust for such a thing to exist and they there's a cr- big crusade to take it down but it's like a law of nature almost so like in the end you don't really ever take take it down but there's other things you have to do there's other like themes in the story but it's always this cool like cool concept uh with the tangible gods having these very strict rules very strict person like they're not even they're not like people they they have to abide by certain rules they have to abide by certain things and they're reliant on the faith of the people to even exist so if they don't have any faith then they just disappear uh so there's that motivation for them to try to get more followers or to have fervent followers things like that and still have (laughs) influence in the world and it makes it hard to get rid of them because if there's a few cults even then they they exist (laughs) essentially they are hard to get rid of all right so Let's go back to like, uh, cre- uh, if I was the dungeon master and I was about to create a religion um, in my area. Now, let's say we're just in the beginning of world building. We're just in the beginning of campaign plotting. We have this town. What what would you first do? Like your first step to think about what you how you create a religion in this town for this campaign. I would say that uh, probably my first idea would be to expand on the concept of uh, the greater scope of the world. Like, is this something, is this religion going to have, is it part of a pantheon? Is it like, is it a monotheistic religion compared to maybe polytheistic religions like Christianity? That usually has a big effect. Um, Is it, how do the people um, who follow this religion, how are they expected to act and how do some of them act uh, regardless of that, Um, things like that. I am currently doing uh, an arc in a greater campaign uh, for a water deep where the basically another world is seeping into this world. The world of Eberron is seeping into the Forgotten Realms. Oh, fun. And uh, the the Warforged uh, are trying to basically bring a, a god to life. And they figure uh, in the game that their best chance is to do it in this world because in this world gods are weird are real where in eberron eberron's gods are some of them are maybe closer to real than others but like it isn't like the forgotten realms where you each have these different like worlds like when everybody dies they go to the same place and uh so you they're they're Afterlife is less assured, whereas the Warforged see that like this place has a lot of like powerful like gods have walked the earth, so we can bring something there. Um, and so I looked up this the the kind of the god I'm basing this off of, mm-hmm. um, and it 
is it's called the becoming god so it's a god that isn't born but basically i'm moving the timeline down where they're they're about to do it mm-hmm. and uh and basically a uh of the villain the main villain of the campaign has taken over this warforged religion and is guiding them to to bring open br- awaken the god uh but also to uh use it to his own ends use its power to his own ends um so I wanted to come up with the concept of okay, how are these these guys going to act? They are like they are basically freed slaves. The Warforged are in that world yeah. uh, that have found staked their own claim and have, and are basically trying to create a culture for themselves through this this god. And they do it through a bunch of different ways in the in the main story of Eberron. But one mm-hmm. of them is they travel around, they pick up relics and artifacts and other sorts of things. And then like, I just I'd add it to the god pile and just make <laughs> a big pile. And eventually that's gonna become a god. Okay. Um and so when they enter this world, they are doing that same thing, but it's because they're taken over by this evil leader they are less benevolent with it so they're they're basically raiding cities and the towns and just taking like religious symbols religious altars things like that and just using them for their own purposes to try to to build up this god to to be born religion Um, is a is a great brunt for uh, a lot of these um ne'er-do-us ne'er-do-wells to kind of come in and uh kind of run shit because i find if they have a good past if they've been a legitimate religion for so long they gain a sense of uh, people don't question it as much and if you get all of a sudden one of these crazy leaders or evil or maybe someone just misguided it, it can really change the entire religion's uh movement it could have been going down this one path and it can just do a whole 180 and go back the other way yeah absolutely and it also introduced the ideas that uh there are uh warring sects in the uh in the religion so there's some that maybe uh remember what the old path was like and they wish to uh remain on that path Mm -hmm. or there are some that maybe want to take this new radical path that that the religion is taking or as that sort of thing happens in real life like how many different iterations of christianity are there that all catholicism gosh Protestantism, Lutheranism, <laughs> uh, like just all kind, and especially after the Reformation, uh, when Martin Luther basically said every, anybody can interpret the Bible their own way as long as they have faith. That mm. opens opened up the <laughs> yeah Pandora's box really, and caused a lot of trouble. But also, it created all these different uh, Christianity based religions. It really um, does open uh, like a wide, uh, like you said, a Pandora's box of options and possibilities because it can have so many twists or it can just be whatever it is at face value. And either way, it's still got some interesting things to it. Yeah. And it's something that everybody can uh, can kind of relate to because mm-hmm. even if you're not super religious, there, the, you would see rel- like religion has had such an effect on your life and in history and uh and people's reactions to it like uh christianity has many different sects but there's also people that like like are Mm anti-christian not even just like satanist or or 
some sort of secular religion like that where like they're like we use satan as a symbol for stuff but like people who are like no whatever christianity is we're the opposite we want to like yeah we're (laughs) making sacrificing pigs and drink their blood or you know being hail satan but like for real like satan's real so like you also have people that are religion creates a, a like uh, a structure for people to either join or like rage against um which is an easy way to create conflict in your games you made me think of a foreshadow for a religious cult now i'm going to have everyone get some kind of disease that you want to get from pig's blood (laughs) you're just going to see a carriage with 24 priest looking gentlemen going in all puking out this kind of crimson liquid and they're like what's that about (laughs) don't worry about it Little sacrifice gone wrong. <laughs> and they're all wearing corpse paint. They have electric guitars. And... Yeah, they haven't cleaned up a bit. <sighs> that's that's really that's the it's a very open foreshadow. Hey, look, look. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was also like a lot of the the concept of magic also comes from from religious basics like the 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 original story of moses and how he was having that showdown with the egyptian priests and then he turns his rod to a snake and he's like see that <laughs> i thought you were going to say he was having a battle with the red sea <laughs> he also did yeah that that's bitch. like some le- level 20 cleric <laughs> shit that's that's the real deal don't have spells like that but uh, they're also great moments to show your players just like those really cool religious moments where things mm-hmm. that shouldn't happen happen yeah absolutely and just if you need a little bit of of guidance in your games and pushing people in the right direction it's always good to have somebody that maybe has a a god they follow and and then through that person you can maybe point them a direction if even if you don't necessarily want them to go that way it just kind of gives them a little bit of a push so that they can be like okay well like now i have to I, I've gotten something that I can work off of if I'm lost. Um, only that's, if they roll well. And that's, a, that's a really good one, just to kind of, even if the par- the party member isn't religious, like that, it's a very powerful uh, plot hook to be mm-hmm. called upon by a, pow- a being pow- more powerful than yourself um, yes. and request to do anything. And with the promise of anything, really, it's like money, power, gold, um, yeah, pretty much anything they can offer. And it's, it's a very powerful hook. It'll make you want to run in that direction, not just walk. Mm-hmm. And and on the other end of things, there are the uh, those moments where, like, even you might push somebody into a religion. And then there's moments where the game maybe becomes such a challenge where I noticed because for my cleric, that I was playing, we were playing Out of the Abyss, which is the uh, mod, the indie module about the demons invading the yes. the material world, uh, and <laughs> causing a lot of problems, especially in the Underdark. Um, and the Underdark is already a, a messed up place as it is, so it doesn't really help to have demons <laughs> down there. We just relax um, a bit. But there was t- there was times in the game where my character things just got really hard, like. This, like my character and the and one of my buddy's characters were the only ones that were from the beginning to the end in the game. Mm-hmm. Everybody else had died a few times, and we had had just like real bad trials and tribulations. Ran into a demon prince. We had a rakshasa so that would never leave us alone. No. Uh, 
yeah, it was really annoying. And it <laughs> kind of tested uh, my character's faith in things. Uh, maybe not just uh, he worshipped Bahamut at the time. I mean, not just Bahamut and the Bahamut strength, but just like it generally the, the strength of faith wanes a little bit. And it, it can that can also add an interesting aspect to your story or to characters where if you have religious characters do things or present things that might uh, be a test of their faith. And then yes. depending on how they react on it, you can either uh, reward them with maybe they, they pass the test of faith or if they don't pass the test of faith and they, they fall from their virtue, well, then they, they, they kind of suffer for it. <laughs> yeah, no, falling, um, falling from faith is always a harsh one. I, uh, I didn't know how powerful it would be until I started running a horror campaign. And... Um, she, my character cast Spirit Guardians, where all the angels come out, and I described them as skeletal angels, as they were uh, somewhere where the magic was corrupted. It wasn't her god doing this, but it was the magic being corrupted. And instantly when she seen these, she uncast it, like, didn't care about combat anymore, and was just very concerned that her god was, like, dipping her. Just leaving. And yeah, that was something I didn't expect from that. Mm -hmm. And there it used to be uh, a mechanic in the original Dungeons and Dragons with paladins. Like if you didn't follow your god to the T, you lost all your powers, and that's that's huge. I that played a paladin do. in three point five, and we used that mechanic where if you do anything unlawful or uh, ungood, ungood, great. Um, <laughs> you essentially have to roll, and um, whatever you roll is subtracted from your lawful and good score. And once you hit a certain level, like a certain number, like 85, 75, it was very high for paladins. Um, you just drop. You are no longer a paladin. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. I, it, it is something that I think it would be more so for an, an advanced adventure because that's that's such a rough punishment. And I can understand why they got rid of it for 5th edition. And like they were just like, well, you can have oaths. So as long as you stay in your oath and don't break that. And the oaths are a little bit more, depending on who you are, they're a little bit more uh, loose in, in general so that you can stick within it without uh, having to, to waver or be a stupid good or a stupid lawful character yep. too much because that's when a game's cooperation it's tough to be the guy to be like i'm gonna take the dumbest most obvious choice yes um yes we're going to enter in the front door and we're going to demand our things back from the from the devil king yes that is a lawful move we will bring 20 guard with us 20 guard yes and we will legally um capture him and we will bring him to trial within three months. Three months? <laughs> Until then, all of his possessions will be left in a safe place and he will be fed, bathed, and cared for. Like, fuck! God damn it, we only three months? Why don't we just leave you here? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you stick with him, okay? Make sure he doesn't escape. Yeah. You, you guard and, uh, <laughs> and we'll go deal with the Demon King, please. Have you had uh, any like memorable uses of religion in your game, whether it be your something you've done as the dungeon master or something a player has done in your game? Hmm. I would say I think that I uh, yes, I we had a uh Chris, uh, mm -hmm. you know, oh, uh, yes. played a uh a cleric of Ilmater in the same campaign that I'm ah. that I'm running. Yes, Ilmater. May you not suffer. <laughs> and uh, 
Yes, and uh, he, uh, I made his character sort of a central uh, figure in this in this arc until he uh, he got killed by Draculich, and uh, as Jeez. one is one to do, do, yeah. <laughs> um, but I I kind of came up with this concept of the uh, the Warforged God that was to be created. Uh, sort of coming to consciousness uh, and reaching out to other sort of celestial beings in order to uh, kind of combat this this villain that's taking over his his religion basically, mm-hmm. and uh, and reaching out to Mater as basically the god of empathy in in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, so as to connect the two, so that the Warforged would be more connected to humanity, um, and which has kind of branched out into these factions. So uh, I'm very, I like to have my gods very involved. Uh, so a- after one of the, basically all of the Warforged came through these portals, like it was Terminator 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, they uh, started invading Waterdeep, and when they closed one of these portals, uh, a huge burst of wild magic <laughs> happened. And everybody had these weird effects, but uh, Chris's character, uh, Adric, I'm, I'm pretty sure his name was, uh, he had a vision, uh, and it was very weirdly, uh, like, it, it was. It took some interpretation, so it yes. wasn't like basically like this is what happened. So it's like you see a vision of Ilmater, and his skin melts off, and underneath him, his uh. skeleton is made of brass, and uh, and then he begins to grow and grow and grow and become massive uh, over you, and uh, things like that. And so, and then he went back to his church, and he's like, "This stuff happening," and there was some other stuff happening, uh, and so the church. Helped him have another vision, and I kind of introduced these visions to give him ideas of what was going on. Yeah. Um, sometimes I included things like he would have visions of the history of the Warforged, so he would see these battles between the Warforged and these groups of soldiers. And he had there's no record, there's no relation for him, yeah. uh, but he gets little tidbits of what's going on. Almost um, like in the movie when you get to see the, it's like when you watch The Hobbit and you see as all the um, Urukai are walking down, you're like, oh shit, I don't know where they're going, but it doesn't look good. Yes. And and just like uh, kind of prophesi- prophesizing uh, future events where I'm like, you see uh, a giant like, towering being uh, kind of uh, going towards uh, water deep in the distance and then you mm-hmm. wake up and then it's like oh what's gonna happen then um and then a vision of uh where they are now uh is he saw like fog stretching out from neverwinter and mm-hmm. this fog came from one of these portals um and so he saw that before it happened and i don't re- know if you remembered but that was kind of a little bit tidbit of like oh this is what i've planned for you later on <laughs> so it oh, adds like that little that. thing yeah i like that a lot uh especially like adding like the little like especially gods they 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 can they can easily just be like hey bro uh jimmy over here is really fucking with my my religious sect can you go deal with jimmy over here but that's no fun that's no fun like some deities may do this but it's much more funny just to show flash of his face 
flash of fire, a flash of a candle being blown out, a flash of a ru- set of ruins. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? I should go talk to Jimmy, though. <laughs> I do remember the times that I would tell tell Chris, that I'm like, oh, this is what you saw. And he's like, what? What does <laughs> any of that mean? And I'm like, I guess you'll find out. But... Uh. No, I, I I I find religion can be used um like extremely powerfully, especially as like big bosses. Like when you get into higher levels, like we've already discussed on this show that the monster manual, the creatures in there are not made for high level players. Or they're not made for players with magical weapons. They're made for just a basic party. Um So as you get into the level 16, 17, 18s you're going to really need bosses and things with oomph. I remember one time I had the deity of strife and suffering. Uh, her brother was freed from a boat. Uh, they just seen this. They just seen this drow in the ship that they captured, and they just released him. And so I just let him break through the ceiling. I was gonna have him do that anyways inside the jail cell, but they let him out. So I was like, oh, now he can do a double fuck you. So he goes. <laughs> And he's going to summon his sister, the deity of strife and suffering. And while he's, like, summoning her, the, the boss battle is very simple. I, I, could have made it, I couldn't have made it any clearer. Um, they had to destroy this table, which was summoning the deity. And uh, they kept seeing that the laser, like, this laser that shot from the sky from the table, kept getting bigger and wider and wider. And every time they hit it and did damage, it shrunk a little. Kind of, there's that obvious, this is what you need to do. <laughs> this is how you One beat the my, boss. Yeah. One of my characters used Mold Earth and asked to um, inscribe his own runes upon the table so that when the deity was spawned, he might absorb some of that power. Which he did, because no one destroyed the table. Everyone decided to leave the table alone, and they just kept attacking the add-ons. I don't know why, (laughs) but they did. So uh, I gave this guy level 19 spellcasting. Um, at like level like fourteen, um, but um, one of the um, one of my other characters, he had very next initiative, and he asked if you could remove curse. Oh, so no. <laughs> so for not even five seconds, he was like, the ultimate power is, is gone. Where to go? <laughs> and then the human kingdoms were just destroyed, enslaved, and slaughtered. So, it's a happy ending. Yes, it's still going on actually in the world, so they're going to go visit it sometime, hopefully to stop it. Hopefully. Well, hopefully. Um Yeah, we uh in a game I played a an evil character that worshiped an evil god. Uh, yeah. Uh worship Shar, which is a tough god to do. It's interesting if you like like subterfuge and for those that don't uh, understand why would Shar be a difficult god because she's basically the god of nihilism where mm-hmm. her entire goal is to just end everything yes. so to have a, a a character with overarching goals is just like <laughs> well i want to do i want to stop i'll, do it. Stop I'll do it for you queen at any moment yeah. i'll take my time it's just like <laughs> uh when there's a global catastrophe going on you should just like should i just let it happen or should i i don't know yeah it's uh, like going great around here but i <laughs> i the way we we played it was that she would want it to happen on her terms where she's like nobody gets to destroy the world but 
So you save that world so that we can destroy it later. Wouldn't that be an interesting campaign? A, a god of darkness and evil saving the world only because they want to destroy it? That would be That's, a cool campaign. I like that. Yeah. Just right. uh, just evil on evil and <laughs> you know, evil each other out. Um, so there are many good and uh, pros... Oh, no, no. What has the chat been saying to me? Got a question. Uh, Take one in. Yes, please hit us with a question. I had a, I, I got a good one to follow it up. All right. So I'll, I'll ask it then since I don't think you'll be able to see. No, right. no, likely not. Thank you. I appreciate it. So the question is by Brian Bottles. Ah, Brian, hello. Have you ever used a character's patron deity to deliver not just importance or directions to the party, but more concrete help like bringing a special item or something like that at a crucial time? Uh, have you done this? I absolutely have. Ooh, I um, It was basically for the, the Waterdeep campaign that I made this Warforge campaign for. We all basically co-ran it and had our own what it wasn't a campaign, but it was an arc of each story. So every DM had a different thing going on. We had our own things. Uh, mine was this Warforged arc. And one of my characters that I played, Warship, she's a uh, a drow paladin of Ilastrae or whatever her however you say her name. It's a, a, quite the handle if you actually see it um but she's like a good drow goddess yeah. uh that wants equality for all of the the races uh and is like the kind of like the noble drow um and basically i ran a game before i did the the current thing that i'm doing with them now where they went into the fog uh mm -hmm. Where she is trying to ingratiate her her church in Waterdeep, so they set up this huge festival. They went and they hunted some of Lolth's servants, her her demon uh, servants, and that were hiding out in the town. And at the end, they summoned uh, the goddess into the town for a brief moment, which granted them some boons, which they nice. certainly need for what they're doing right now. Um, <laughs> So that was sort of my way of advancing my story to uh, include these different relationships that I wanted to bring in uh, with the crew that we had, uh, but as well to have a, a god do something more tangible yeah. and provide a tangible bonus. Um, and I think that that is that's a, a just a cool thing that you that you can get as a player where you're just like I'm I'm blessed by God. And they uh, we have a guild. Our party is a, basically a big heroes guild or an oh, adventure. The big heroes guild, excellent. <laughs> and uh, they they basically received a boon from this church that protects the uh, the guild from certain uh, like demon invasions okay. and can heal you if you're inside of it. So basically it creates a base of operations that's a little bit more secure because we'd had some trouble with some people just coming in and trying to ice us oh, a few fun. times. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I thought this that would be a, a, another fun thing to establish the 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 guild as something a little bit extra special, a little bit extra more powerful, and uh, having these powerful allies. Because before it's like it, it it's nice to give a little bit of the 
uh, a carrot because we had been we had done a lot of different really hard uh, encounters and, and, uh, and struggles, and a few people died. So you can only whip the like, players for so long. You need to treat them for something. Here you go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and what better way than to get a, a, a goddess of, of goodness to be like, here's <laughs> some temporary HP, or here's a, an artifact that you can use, but you can only use in your guild. So it'll keep you protected. So that's oh. sort of the way I did it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I never got to actually do it, but I had a druid deity um, that essentially, whenever you would meet uh, her, you'd roll a d3. And you would either get, um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, fight, flee, or freeze. So she took the form of a giant bear, a, um, an antelope that had like 200 feet of movement, or a gargantuan stone sloth. And essentially, she, gave the, she was going to give the party these three items. A bear, a sloth, and an antelope. To essentially help them. Uh, so the sloth would spawn this giant um, gargantuan stone sloth, so they could use that for defense or um, crushing people, whatever they like. Um, then they could use the bear to garner some attack. It would just send out this giant bear forward, dealing a certain amount of damage to everyone it hit. And then the antelope was for escaping very quick, getting out of there. Yes, so they, they I was going to give them that. kind of. I like gifts that uh, are reminiscent of the creature or deity giving it to you. It should have something about them or that, that makes sense for them. I, I totally agree. And I would like to say that um, I think that, that gods should reward not only based, like especially if it's a good god based on goodness, but just having your character constantly do things that uh, like that are based out of faith so like maybe they build an altar wherever they are and then they they do a little prayer and they do this really thing and then they do it every single time then perhaps some reward should come out of like this this duty to 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 your character's yes. faith yes um or making decisions based on that faith so like getting some inspiration from your god because you made a decision that may not have been your best option but was something you would do because it was uh, a faithful thing to do yeah. um I think that's an important aspect as well to constantly let the care, maybe not constantly, but like <laughs> in after a while of dutiful faithfulness and yes. just doing good works for your God, they should be like, Hey, like I appreciate that. And yeah, it's going to you know, be different for every deity as well. Some might be open and very like posh, like you have done this and I shall give this to you. Others might be discreet. They might just let it like leave it on your bedside table. So you wake up, and you look over and you just see this item with this uh, runes inscribed into it. And you're like, what? How did that get there? Um, but yeah, that now a question on that. Uh, when players are out there being faithful, doing things to show their faith, and as well as trying to bring people into the faith, how do you treat this? I have a few characters that have very much enjoyed going around towns that they come in and telling them of their deity, even if it's not even the same race as the, the people, they seem to have no problem wanting to share. How would you treat this in your game? I would, I think that I like the, I love the idea. And 
it's not something that I've actually gotten to experience in the the games that I usually DM because uh, the people that are faithful usually either are very more concerned for themselves or they already have a basis of of faith that they go to. So like uh, Chris's character already had a small church that he went to, so he could go there and he could seek advice and and get some guidance from them as well, even if they don't get them like directly from their God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen a die, and it was done for me where I I constantly with my my cobalt cleric that was who the the cleric was, uh-huh. um, <laughs> old Gesh, and uh, he he would uh, uh, go and constantly like maybe not constantly, but he would proselytize a lot. He would uh, push his faith, um, and oh, sometimes we we kind of secured Bladen Stone as a, as a home base and he kind mm-hmm. of spread his religion around there. And uh, it benef- or it, it kind of paid off uh, where I had like a tiny following. And then by the end of the campaign, I had a big following of Bladen Stone. Um, but I think it's a, if you're willing to uh, put it out there, I think you need to be like uh, good at convincing people, depending on who it is. Like maybe you help somebody and you're just like, Hey, like, Maybe you know, just pay. You heard don't, of don't thank. Yeah, <laughs> don't thank me. Thank Vishnu. He's the one who told me to do this. Uh, and then having that pay off later on, or maybe you are put in some money to start uh, a church or a small shrine somewhere, uh, and then you can come back to that and. Uh, and, and there should be some sort of benefit, either maybe some like followers that are willing to give you some money for your adventure and be like, this is for the Bahamut Fund. So okay. go out and 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 kill dragons, evil dragons mm. in Bahamut's name. Uh, or maybe even followers, like people that come, mm. around, come around and heal or are merchants or are maybe some backup warriors that you can use. Um, I do know that uh, I had a character in this arc uh, that I, of Waterdeep who was also a follower of Ilmater, uh, but kind of on a different spectrum where he was a chaotic good as opposed to a lawful good. Mm-hmm. And he had a group of basically beggars and homeless people that he kind of watched over, but also kind of got a, he was a monk and he, trained monks from this group of beggars so that he had all these different uh, followers <laughs> of Ilmater yeah. that uh, hung around and were uh, and were beggars who spied for him, but also they kind of donated money and had this big fund so that they could help the, the poor because that's what he was all about, was helping the poor. Yeah. Um, so putting in effort to do that, uh, as long as you're not like one of those campaigns where you're always going one place to the other and we're not going back and yeah. buy your buy your stuff all you can, um, there should be some sort of or maybe your name gets spread out so much that you uh, that other people hear your name and there's like, hey, like, you know, praise Bahamut. And you're just like, oh, yeah, praise Bahamut. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's actually that not even with religion, but uh, you can definitely do it with religion. Um having having somebody recognize your character in a new town before they even get to say hello oh tarun oh the deity of of storms i've i've heard of you um pat- or not patronizing um speaking the gospel in the in the farther back towns uh, a cart came ahead and told me you were on the way i wanted to be the first to meet you 
You can do that a lot with bards and, and the such, so why not a little bit more of a religious flair? Absolutely. And I've been thinking about playing a character recently that's like a like a preacher type, like like a Southern Baptist preacher where <laughs> you you can throw a lot of charisma into it and then you can have more of that. Because uh, unless you're a paladin, you don't really get like super charismatic religious people unless like they're they're fanatics or something like that. Yeah. Um, That'd be a great uh, the paladin just coming over. Hallelujah! Heal hands one H or lay on hands one HP. She stands. You've got a disease. Well, you are cured. Hallelujah! Rise and then, like the, the rest the of the clerics walk by, and it's like I don't know why he has to show off like that. We <laughs> really <laughs> obnoxious with that. I think that would That's be fun. Definitely... Um, Ryan had asked us. He was interested to see how interested we would be in running a full cleric paladin campaign, something like a crusade or, or some of the sorts. How interested would you oh, be in this topic? I've been wanting to do that forever. Mm. So I'm absolutely into that idea because mm. I, the only, the only thing with it is that like a crew of paladins and clerics is just, you're just going to wipe dudes out. And it, just because there's so, there's such handy characters even oh, yeah. without the religion, but having a, it, you can do so much with that where you can either have them all be the same religion uh, and then they're all like, they may be different spectrums of that religion or they mm -hmm. might embody different aspects or you can have it where they're all different religions. Maybe they're all like good God religions, but they're all kind of different. So you have that sort of inner party, like, oh, you're supposed to, you know, say prayer before food for Shanti because she's the goddess of agriculture. So, you know, like it would be really nice if you did that. It's like, I don't Oh, worship her. Greg, just kill the fucking goblins and then no one needs to suffer. Stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's a really cool idea. I would be definitely willing to either play or DM that uh, because it, I'm making a campaign where that might be one of the options because mm -hmm. with the Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything, you have patrons, uh, which is a really cool concept that I'd like to explore a little bit more. And one of them is a, a religious patron or a church patron. So I'm excited. That's that cool. would actually be a really cool campaign. I li I liked it specifically because um, a thing as a dungeon master, I always really want to make sure is I want to make sure that my players are hooked like a fucking 30 pound bass. I want it deep in the throat and hooked on with the barb. All right, and religion and uh, good defeating evil, especially when you're lawful good, is is the deepest of all hooks. You're nearly in the intestines of the fish at that point. <laughs> and you're more uh, open to kind of going deep into your character, whereas, like, if you're kind of left to your own devices, sometimes you get like kind of a hit or miss character where you're like, I don't really have, I. Uh, like a like a strong concept for this so uh, you kind of flounder a little bit but if you play like a religious character then you're like i i can be as crazy and wild as i want as long as i kind of fit in this uh this box a little bit so that i can um i i can really dedicate myself to this to this idea yeah now a big thing that comes with religion especially in D D um and ttrpgs just general uh, what you had spoken earlier about lawful stupid or good or good stupid, where uh, you take the religion almost too seriously and it becomes a, a hindrance rather than a role play bonus to the group. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, yeah, go on. 
I was just going to say that, yeah, it, that's the, the kind of the downside. And, you know, that's the downside that exists not only in gaming, but in real life, is that people take the letter uh, of, of the law instead of the spirit, and they, uh, and then it causes you to be like, well, this is the proper way to do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this way, despite any logical sense or anything like that. And then being a religious character kind of gives you that excuse for like, oh, that's what my God says. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And that's what I will do. Yeah. There, was a, there was a great uh, book about this group of five paladins that I had read. And they were all very interesting because they were lawful good. They, they fit within that. However, they all had parts of their personality which weren't perfectly lawful or perfectly good. One enjoyed his drink, uh, not into excess. One enjoyed women. One enjoyed um, fighting. There, there, was, there was different levels, and they definitely uh, came head-to-head -head a lot, even though they were all working together for one common goal. And it's, it, it's, it's very difficult to not actually go lawful stupid i found because especially the first time your first time is definitely going to be your hardest time playing a paladin or cleric um because you have to decide how much are you going to take personal as a character if someone says that they're going to if they threaten you is that enough to set you off what is your set off point because unlike other characters other characters can have it but paladins are really the only ones that there's a certain level of the bullshit they can't take. They have to get into action then. Like, no offense, but if a horde of demons begin rushing over the hill, the, the paladin, of course, can run back and try and get um, assistance. That's not, that's not ungood of him. However, um, he also may feel uh, that he's determined to stand there and take them on. And... That can definitely fall within the range of lawful stupid, and you have to find what works for your party. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've definitely fallen prey to that well, at one point where I, I was in we a situation have. where I, I should <laughs> ran away. But I'm like, well, it's what, I, it's what you would do. You would just sit there and fight to the death, and then it's just like, well, that, that's... Oh, he mind. did. He did fight to the death, and he died. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that 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 really that whole uh, conflict kind of got out of control where somebody put a bag <laughs> yes. in another bag and one of those long stories. Universe. Yeah, oh, a whole universe, great. It, it, it just created a, a you know a, a war pull into the astral plane, uh, but you know you know how that goes. Uh, just wipe it off. Um, but yes, there there's sometimes a and there's also I think that I've found. Um, where you either lean too much into your like the the rules that you live by, or you lean too much out of it. Where I think the first time I played a paladin, or the first couple times, I was I was not being paladin enough. Where like <laughs> yeah. like you said, it had like a bit of a drinking or womanizing issue. Uh, I think the first paladin I ever made was actually of like a vampire race. Oh really? Uh, yeah. In fourth edition, they had a thing called Verloka. Uh, that mm -hmm. you could be that was kind of it was kind of vampire but like you could hang out in the sun and you could do you're just really pale and you drank blood from time to time um but yeah, when you're a lawful good that's tough and uh but i thought that that was a i always thought that was a funny concept where he worshipped palor which is a sun god but he was like a, a weird vampire yes race for creature. a vampire race yes yeah 
Uh, um, I did have yeah. one piece of advice to give everyone if you didn't want to, if you don't want to fall within the trap of lawful stupid. I say there's there's one kind of mindset that you can get which really helps you not go too far. Um, I used to be a lifeguard, and there's one rule as a lifeguard. If you are in danger, I cannot put myself in danger because if I'm in danger, I can't save you in danger. So same thing with the Paladin. You are a champion of this god. They need you around. You need to be a lifeguard. You want to save as many people as possible, but if you're not around, you can't help any more people. Your help is gone. Useless. No, that's a good that's a good way of, of looking at it. And just um also considering uh, like that paladins aren't or like religious people aren't all bereft of of common sense. Like at, yes. at the end of the day, not everybody's a, a martyr. Exactly. Uh, you know, dying in the Roman Coliseum because they're <laughs> just like, well, you know, I I could get out, but uh, I just I just love Jesus this much, so I'm, I'm it looks like I have to die. And uh, especially when you when you are a hero and you're you're looking to help people. You, you want to be able to live to see the next day. So uh, not always <laughs> fighting to last that breath, uh, maybe being like, well, my God still needs me. So I've, I've got to get out of here. This is unwinnable. Yep. Or like, I, I've got to do what I've got to do to survive at least. And then I can maybe that sets you up for a an atonement where you're like, I did something even though it was kind of against what I believe. Yep. Uh, so I will defeat this evil and atone and uh and regain my my honor or my my faith because that's got to be one of the hardest things for a lawful good character is watching people that they believe they can protect be slaughtered and know that they can't protect them that that is going to be a driving motivator motivating force for them future in the campaign but if you let your character just go in and die right there you really you don't get a chance to let your character feel that. Paladins are very, like, you know, remember, these are people that are lawful good. They have empathy. They have sympathy. Not all of them. Most of them. They have empathy. They have sympathy. They care about people. So, watching people get hurt, in a way, hurts them. And so you can really use these strong emotions that these paladins have for even better roleplay. Um, escaping the city uh, after being uh, trying to save as many people and just breaking down, just just having a moment of pure rage or frustration. It, it really helps share that emotion that you're feeling with your party. Because once they realize how much emotion you really do have, that can kind of trigger them. Because you can look to them, Arcavian, you don't care that hundreds were slaughtered? Boys, girls, children, adults, mothers, bakers. It's like, this is, this is an outrage. We need to go back to this place that we don't want to go. We need to get weapons and we need to prepare an army to the West. And then everyone else is like, you're right. You're right. I don't want these bakers and the children to be killed. I don't know why I care about bakers. <laughs> Especially the bakers. Especially the bakers. God damn, if I don't get a cookie after war, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I have had a moment like that where uh, another oh, uh, uh, Jake, they can hear the video uh, that you're scrubbing through. <laughs> oh, Excellent. Go ahead, Sheldon. Um, where I had uh, a 
a paladin in my party with the the cleric that I was playing, and we retreated because the the rock shots that had been hunting us had kind of came and attacked us, and we really didn't have any uh, sort of real de defense against him because the rock shots uh, famously have a lot of interesting abilities, and one of them that my buddy was utilizing was that only a certain alignment of of character can can even harm it. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, so that was a huge pain in the butt. Uh, and we retreated uh, and kind of left some people to die. And <laughs> I I think my body, uh, as well as this character, were kind of like, I'm tired of retreating from this thing. Uh, I don't think we did the right thing there. And I, I'm kind of upset about the whole thing. And then so we had like this in-character discussion about it. And, and I was just kind of explaining my point of view because I was just like, I, it doesn't like we, we can't we couldn't do anything at the time. Um, and I was worried and I had to make a decision. Yes. And because my character had kind of become the de facto leader of this group. Yeah. And I was just like, I made a choice. I apologize that you don't like it, but I, I had to make the choice at the time. I didn't want us all to die. And so we just kind of ended there. And eventually, you know, eventually it, it all ended happy. We we defeated the Rakshas after a while, but it, it, it does cause one of those, um, it, it does allow you to have a couple of those moments where you maybe your care like maybe you don't have to outright be like i'm not going to follow the character or like straight up trying to kill other people in your party or put them in jail or something yeah. that can get really annoying but having those emotional conflicts where you're like i disagree with with the, this choice and having to justify it and maybe even like the character has to explain their logic and you get these cool RP moments. Like they have so much emotion and, and honestly emotion is really what gets a D&D &D campaign feeling like a D&D &D campaign. Like if I go into a dungeon and I don't feel a little bit of fear, I don't feel a little bit of nervousness. I'm not, I don't care. I don't care. If I, if I'm facing off against this evil deity and I don't feel any kind of hatred or like despise towards that NPC, nah, I don't care. It needs to, I need to feel it. I need to, right in my heart. Yes, absolutely. Emotion and, is great uh, for emotions. Yes. And, and it, it based itself a lot on, usually characters have a, an emotional reason for, for wanting to follow a certain religion or the other. Like, uh, sometimes they, they have like a, a test of faith or, uh, or something like catastrophic happens in their life. Like the one evil character I had, basically he was mistreated his whole life. So he was very cynical and pessimistic. And that's what kind of opened him up to this. He was already a goblin. So it's like, this life isn't super great as it is. Yes. Uh, so it opened him up to this following this group that trained him to be sort of a, an assassin type character. And and then he went and killed the, the old tribe that used to, uh, to, to torture him and bully him. So it, it kind of, it, it added this fuel. Uh, he was fueled by vengeance. And so like when he saw other people expressing their vengeance, he thought that like, that's a, that's good. And that's holy because Shar also has this aspect of, 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 of vengefulness. Yes. Um, so he, uh, he definitely, whenever pe as somebody was like, oh, I want to get back at this person. He's like, yeah, you should do that. That's a good idea. We'll, we'll dedicate some time to that. All right. Now, if it's someone, well, last question. If you, if it's someone's very first time running religion in their game, what would you say is the single most important thing to focus on during creation? 
For religion, I think the single most important thing to focus on would be having what is the, uh, I guess, the purpose or the what is this religion about? Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be different aspects, but there should be a, like a, a center thing. Like uh, Bahamut is about not just about justice or good or lawfulness, but he's solely about the goodness of dragons. He wants to, uh, and dragon ki- kind, he wants to elevate them to a, a good level. Um, and I think that having that that singular basis or purpose uh, is uh, important to, to, to creating religion. Um, and I think that that, and it, and how it shape that you can use that to, uh, kind of show how it shapes people in certain ways. Uh, like I said, it builds a structure that people can either be in or they can rage against. So if you have this, this concept or a few concepts when you, in your religion that you're really want to drive home, then you can also create, uh, groups that might be, uh, who might share the same ideas or groups that are like, we're not about these ideas. <laughs> so then you create that conflict. I like that. I like that. Definitely starting at the main meat and potatoes of what that religion is. Um, well, so I'd like to thank you for coming on, discussing religion with me. It's an excellent conversation. And I think if you haven't done religion in your game, you definitely need to get it added in. If you missed anything, watch this video again, check it out on YouTube. It'll be up in two days from now. Um, but other than that, uh, Sheldon, do you have anything that you wanted to plug or tell the people to check out this week? Uh, this week, well, I was also playing a, a religious character, High King Gwyndafell, in uh, Gutan's Battle Royale. Uh, and those videos are up on YouTube, so I would check them out. Yes, see how uh, you did this season. Uh, we actually just finished the season last Monday, so all 15 episodes are up right now. But I'd like to... What? 13. 13. 13. I always, I just want there to be more. <laughs> soon, soon. But uh, thank you all for checking out Dungeon Master Discussions with your host, Zach the DM. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and follow. And we will see you next Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time.